Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. What happens in this story is not new, but it is always going to be a classic. Authorities in Waterloo, Iowa, say it was surveillance video that caught James Howard Harrington stealing things from someone's garage in the middle of the night there and trying to make a clean getaway on a vehicle he drove to the scene of the crime. The incident in the early morning hours of March 13th also woke neighbors with all the noise dude was making in the process. So police were called, and soon enough, they had spotted Harrington and tried to pull him over which wasn't all that difficult considering dude was using as a getaway vehicle his own riding lawnmower. <laughs> Police add the guy had also stolen a bottle of vodka from a convenience store in town earlier and in that case had successfully fled the scene of the crime on the same riding lawnmower. I would hate to think, Cliff, if I owned a business that somebody could get away from me on a <laughs> riding mower. <laughs> on a riding lawnmower, I mean, yeah. Well, did you have a good day yesterday, Cliff? Uh, it was pretty good. I did, too. I have. I found something out about Easter yesterday. Oh, you did? Huh? I did. What was it that? It is uh, now my favorite ham-related holiday. <laughs> I'm sure you've done this, Cliff. I'm sure our wonderful 11 listeners have done this. What's Put that? on a jacket or a pair of pants, stick your hand down yeah. in the pocket, and unexpectedly find cash. Yeah, I've done that a couple of times. And you know that feeling, how it feels whenever that happens. It's a nice feeling, I must say. It happened to me yesterday. Really? Only it didn't involve money. It involved candy. (laughs) I opened a closet door, and there it was, Cliff. A brand new bag Uh of those little miniature candies. I believe there were 340 pieces in this bag. (laughs) <laughs> you wouldn't believe the excitement. I almost screamed out, Cliff, yeah. whenever I saw that oh, bag in there. <laughs> there was a, a, a squeal, almost. Almost a squeal, yes. Almost a squeal. Okay. I couldn't believe I had forgotten this candy. And then yeah. after I grabbed it and I started, you know, devouring the candy, yeah. I thought, how sad is it that <laughs> most people who had a bag with over 300 pieces of candy in it Would not forget that because you so rarely buy that. Exactly. (laughs) But I buy it so often, it's like, Mm. oh, yeah, there it is. I forgot all about that. This story from Seoul, South Korea brings to mind a trip I made to an art museum a few years back. I found myself in Cincinnati, Ohio for a marching band event and during a few off hours went to the art museum there to see what was up. In the section of the museum for modern sculpture, there was an unusual artwork. It looked like a bench, but it was art. In fact, it looked so much like a bench that there was a placard on it that said, Don't sit here. This is art, not a place to sit down. So when you make art that looks like everyday things, people will tend to use that as everyday things. Like, say, Saturday in Seoul, when a man and woman were briefly detained after they decided to interact with an artwork in a way that nobody bothered to tell them not to do. The untitled piece by graffiti artist John One was created in front of a live audience there five years ago, and to complete the effect of the live performance, the museum curators left all the spray paint cans and brushes and buckets on the floor in front of the painting. The couple apparently thought it was a participatory exhibit, 
and painted some of their own handiwork on the half-million-dollar piece, using materials left laying in front of it. Museum later said it was an honest mistake and won't press charges. <laughs> That's a long time for your paint not to dry, wouldn't you think, Cliff? I, I would agree, yes. It's the first thing I thought. How <laughs> could you possibly paint with five-year-old paint? I can't get my can to work after about two months of sitting in my garage. It's weird how things just kind of mesh together just haphazardly, Cliff. Saturday, I was in Kentucky for a little brief outing there, and I couldn't help but notice the number of men who were wearing mullets. (laughs) It seemed to be contagious in this community where I was at. In, and this in Kentucky. In Kentucky. And this yeah. morning I get to work, and the first thing I yeah. see as I'm looking around on the Internet is there's a college mm. in Australia that has banned mullet haircuts. <laughs> and that got me to thinking, I've noticed over time yeah. how guys who start out with mullets, eventually they seem to all go bald early in life. It's like their hair abandons them out of embarrassment of like, you're not doing that to me again. (laughs) Well, I might be out of touch, and that's probably the reason, Cliff, that I can't figure this out. Okay. In a typical year, they're telling Mm -hmm. me and you and everyone else that Mm -hmm. parents will spend an average of a little over $2,200 to take their family on a vacation in a normal year. Okay. That sounds a little high to me, doesn't it, you? $2,200? I mean, not particularly, no. I mean, because, you know, when you think about, you know, if you go by car, you got to pay for all the gas, and uh, you're paying for lodging and meals, and if you go to some kind of an attraction, you have to buy tickets, that kind of thing. So, even, you know, even if you go to the beach for three or four days, that's still a lot of money. So if you spent $2,200 on a vacation, you yeah. wouldn't be really concerned about the well, amount of I, money? I, I mean, it, it's a family we're talking about, right? Yeah. I mean, so if you've got, you know, you've got mom and dad and one or more children, no. Boy, not when I was a kid, Cliff. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> There's no way what that would happen. I mean, <laughs> we used to go camping um, at my great uncle's farm property. <laughs> Over in Wabash County, we spent literally nothing on vacation. What about you? Well, basically, my dad would hand you a two-liter of lemonade, a package yeah. of hot dogs, and he would drop you off at the park in Owensville. And that was basically your vacation <laughs> there. Vacation. Now, see yes. you in three days. Yeah. Don't come home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, Cliff, of all days, a friend of mine drops by in the house on Easter, yeah. cutting mm-hmm. into my candy-eating time. But he wanted to show me his brand new 2021 three-quarter ton Dodge Ram truck. Okay. And it is beautiful. Okay. And this thing has all kinds of stuff. He was showing me all the features. It's got five video cameras. Five. Wow. Yes. Okay. One of them shooting down into your cargo like you're ever carrying something so precious. You have to keep an eye on it. But it has it. It's pretty impressive, a sliding glass in the back window. Yeah. But it had something on there that I thought, this is almost pointless. It has a warning system. In case Mm. you're driving this off the road, it will tell you by (laughs) screaming at you that you're about to tip over 
to the left or to the right. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> when yeah. is that going to be applicable? When will you ever really need that? Because my car has basically this simple, simple solution to that. <laughs> oh, your car has such a uh, sensor? Yes. To tell you that you're about to tip over? Yes. It's called How does my, that work? It's called my buttocks. <laughs> and when I start to tip over, I think you know, Cliff, what happens. Yeah. Your, your buttocks start to grab the, grab the fabric of the car seat. That's exactly right. <laughs> Thus warning you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty simple solution, and it's fairly cheap, and it wasn't an option. It goes anywhere I go. Any vehicle right, I'm in, any, Cliff. Any yeah. <laughs> also works at, at work if you're, you know, if you're. Oh, wait, you dumped your chair over that one morning, and the sensor didn't go off, now did it? It went off. I just slipped on my grip, but it went off. <laughs> Weed, what happened during this story will show you that even if some people have a natural gift for things, there's really no other way to success than practice makes perfect. Like, say, Tiger Woods, who in his quest for perfection has been known to wear the grooves off of the faces of his irons on the practice range. But unlike this unidentified 26-year-old man in Chicago, probably wanted to take a mulligan after attempting to allegedly rob people at gunpoint early Sunday. Police say he stopped some, someone in a neighborhood in the South Loop area around 1.30 a.m. and during the resulting altercation, shot himself in the leg. <laughs> you know, saying hand over your wallet or I'm going to shoot someone is more, much more effective if that someone is not yourself. <laughs> well, he didn't say who he was going to shoot, Cliff. He just said he was going to shoot someone. <laughs> Somebody's getting shot. During the last news update, Cliff, I yeah. was mentioning the three-quarter ton Dodge Ram that came to my house yesterday with all yes. the bells and whistles on it. Yep. And that prompted this call here from one of our good oh. friends. Oh, okay. Morning, we Morning, Cliff. Hey, we. I know you're impressed by that big old truck. That sounds really nice, but how about if I bring by my boat sometime and show you all the bells and whistles? <laughs> boat? <laughs> what could he possibly show me bell and whistle-wise with that boat of his, Cliff? You mean the inflatable raft with a lawn chair? <laughs> the only thing Ralph well, could say when he brought it here would be, and yeah. here's the valve where you blow this thing up. And I don't want to have that conversation with anybody. <laughs> That's not a conversation I want yes. here. Put your lips on that and blow. I don't want that conversation here. <laughs> what could you possibly look at on that boat, Cliff? Uh, maybe it has a rubber ducky holder. I don't know. <laughs> That's probably the... Um, Flotation device in case it actually sinks. A little rubber <laughs> right. ducky pops it's out. It's em emergency <laughs> flotation device. Is a rubber ducky break glass in case of <laughs> case of drowning. <laughs> and I read this morning, Cliff, that uh, last yeah. year, of course, the National Spelling Bee was canceled because of the pandemic. Yes. This year they're going to bring it back. Oh, and, they are. And that got me to thinking about in school whenever we would have spelling bee contest trying yeah. to determine the best speller in grade school. Did you do that? Yes. And did you do it like this? The teacher in your classroom would just start giving out words to different students. And when you missed a word, 
Yeah. Then you had to go into another room so that you didn't mess with the uh, other students who are still in the contest. Every year, I hope yeah. she would start with me so I could get out of that room as quickly as possible. <laughs> you know, I had forgotten that that was the case, but I believe, yes. In fact, um, you did have to leave the room because it was actually... I mean, it was actually the beginning of that contest that produces the national champion. In a sense, it was like uh, the U.S. Open of, from golf tournaments, is that everyone can compete, and you start at the beginning, and you go up, and you go up, and you go up. I don't know if compete's the right word for me, Cliff, whenever I did the spelling bee. <laughs> I was a participant in it, okay? And I thought... The sooner you get to me, the sooner I can yeah. get out of here. Because if you've noticed this morning, Cliff, yeah. I have to uh, use the keyboard, send you messages back and forth, back and forth. When yes. our wonderful uh, listeners use the Anytime line at 812-682-0520, I try to reply back to them. This morning, I'm spelling like I've never seen the English language in my lifetime. <laughs> Have you not noticed that? I have noticed that. Yeah, I didn't want to say anything. but um, And they say, Cliff, six seconds is how long you should hug someone to make them feel better. A minimum of six <laughs> seconds. Oh, okay. That's, I thought that was like a precise number. No, that's the uh, precise oh, okay. number of the, the least you can do. The least. Yes. Oh, okay. And you, Cliff, yeah. as I well know, mm-hmm. you're an easy hugger, aren't you? Yes. I'm not so much because I take my cue from the other person. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I, I have learned to do that. Yes, there's there's a point in time when it's like uh, you you either know or you don't know, and if you don't know, it's best to not. <laughs> well, I take. Well, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> you don't know, it's best to not. But I I'm like when you're starting the deed of hugging. Yeah, I take my cue from the other person and i dread that i run into someone like me who also takes their cue from the other person because we could be locked together for a long time and that's going to get really (laughs) awkward because i kind of wait until the other person lets go that's kind of my way of doing it yeah but if they're like me (laughs) yeah it's going to be way longer than six seconds because no one wants to blink (laughs) yeah it's like, it's like I'm in a crab fight. You know, yeah. nobody will yeah. let go of the other person. And, and, and you know, this is totally not the reason I thought that you said you were not a, you would not be a hugger. What did you think because the reason would be? You probably were a hugger at one time, but since your arms are so short, nobody really knew you were hugging them. They were just standing too close. <laughs> this doesn't happen very often on this program, Cliff. Entertainment? Well, that's one thing too. But a, oh, oh, there's something else. Yes. Okay. A question has been sent in. On the any timeline. Okay. And maybe there's a reason why we don't get many questions asked to us here on this program. Mm. Mm-hmm. But the question is, I'm trying to cut back on caffeine. Okay. Do you guys have any suggestions? I know wow. what the research says, Cliff. What does the research the say? The research will tell you yeah. that if you're trying to cut back, you should cut back a little bit each day. Okay. Because if you do that, you're la- last, least likely to have headaches, some nervousness, a little bit of jitters. Yeah. 
That's okay. the best way, the research says. All right. I'm more of the cold turkey kind of person myself. <laughs> really? Yes. I think cold turkey. I think okay. you should quit cold turkey. Yeah. And take up smoking. That way you get rid of one <laughs> habit and you've got another one to fall back on. So it won't be as bad. So see it. That's probably worse than caffeine, actually. Well, I haven't got the research on that one, Cliff, but... Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, I haven't. Really? I haven't the Surgeon General says smoking can kill you. You know, he puts it on a lot of packs. I've seen that, yes. Every, but... Yeah, that's a law. Every single pack. <laughs> so he's not kidding. Is that what you're saying? No, he's not. Oh, okay, all right. This Super Mario Brothers game for Nintendo. Yeah. Do you see that story, Cliff? Uh, no. It was bought not. as a Christmas gift in 1986 and was left okay. in a desk drawer for 35 years. <laughs> okay. Never been opened, never been unpackaged. It's in pristine condition. Friday, this Super yeah. Mario Brothers game went up for auction mm-hmm. and they got $660,000. For this one game. The buyer. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Beating the old record by almost four to five times as much yeah. money. Now, the buyer Friday hasn't been identified. So, for now, we'll just refer to him as that idiot that paid $660,000 <laughs> for a game. And it's time now for Ticket to the Bank. Okay. In Japan, yes. Japanese parents will line up. And stand in line for hours just to let a sumo wrestler make their babies cry. (laughs) It's a tradition that goes back centuries. Okay. And it's supposed to bring the child good luck and good health for the rest of their lives. Where, Where that got started, Cliff, I could not find out. But if a sumo wrestler makes you cry... You should be lucky in life. <laughs> Cliff, was there anything said today? Phrases of the day start with number three. I can't get my can to work after two months of sitting. <laughs> shouldn't be sitting on it for two months. No, get you should move around. Yes. Yeah. Number two, my buttocks tell me. <laughs> it's like Confucius <laughs> says. <laughs> And the number one morning roadshow phrase for today, if you don't know, it's best to not. <laughs> well, those are words of wisdom this morning, Cliff, on a Exactly. Monday. That's why I picked them as number one. There you go. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.